welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. So do we have any Packer fans out there? (laughs) We have any 49er fans out there? Yeah, we're about to do this. Hey, I won't bring up week 12. I guess I just brought it up, but it happens. I'm sorry. It's going to be a great game no matter what happens. But thankfully, we're a family. As Melissa said, we get to celebrate Jesus because we're that family, despite what team we might root for at 540 tonight. But it's going to be a blast. But I'm, I'm really excited anticipating this game because it's going to be fun. It's not going to be cold where they're playing, so that's to the 49ers' advantage. But either way, I'm excited for next week, when everyone still comes back, no matter what the outcome is. I'll be here. But I'd love to take a moment and pray with everyone before we jump into this morning's message. God, thank you so much. Thank you that you come before us, that you are with us, and you are for us, no matter where our team allegiances are. But God, despite anything that could happen in our lives or tonight, we know that you are with us. So we pray for your favor, we pray for your blessing, and we pray that we come closer with one another no matter what, and that this morning you would help me to get out of the way so you can do what only you can do and say what you need to say. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to be in John this morning, John 15, so if you brought your Bibles with you, you can open them up. If you have a Bible app, cool. I won't judge you if your phone's out. But before we jump into it, I always want to explain the importance of addressing what this book is. Many of you look at it and say, yep, that's a Bible. I've seen one. I've heard of one. Uh, But it's more than just a book, and it's not a book that's just filled with rules and regulations telling you, here's what you have to do in order to earn the love of God. And that's what can be so intimidating and challenging at times. We have to change our view of what it looks like because this is a love story. This book is a love story about the God of the universe that loved us so much that when we made a mistake and separated our connection with God, he sent his son Jesus for us so that we could have direct relationship with him. And everything that you read points to Jesus. So with that being said, John 15, hope that gave everybody enough time to get there. We're going to start with 15.5. I knew where it was going to be so I could put my little thing there and get there real quick. So I didn't just open it and get there. God's that good, but I'm not. So John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this morning is a continuation of a series that we've been in called 2020 Vision. Because as we step into a new year, there's new challenges, and there's some old challenges that follow us into the new year that we wish wouldn't, right? So we've been looking at how can we have 2020 vision? How can we look to the future and step into all that God has for us, all the plans that he has for our lives? And in week one, Melissa kicked it off and did a phenomenal job telling us that it's about progress, not perfection. Can I get an amen? It feels good. You don't have to be perfect. It's all about the progress, what steps you're taking to get to the next place, and how we can grow up in our relationship with God, in with our relationship together, because we are better together, and outward in our relationship with the world around us. And last week, we got to talk about who am I, the focus on our identity, how God's created us, how he's designed us, 
and looking at a few areas within ourselves that oftentimes we allow disconnect us from God or the enemy will try to disconnect us from God because he always wants to pull up our failures and our flaws. He wants to use our families against us, trying to find followers versus connecting with people. You know, who are your friends? And he's trying to use finances to make you feel like you can never have enough, but God's saying, I'm more than enough. And we touched a bit on identity last week, but this week is really a continuation of what that looks like, because it's so important. It's something that we can rest in for a long time, because if we don't get the identity part of it straight, if we don't understand that we are children of God, that he accepts us and meets us exactly where we're at, that there's nothing we can do to have his love, then we're going to constantly be in a state of doing. What do I need to do to earn the love of God? Or you're going to find yourself in a place of, I'm not good enough, so I cannot have a relationship with God because I'm not doing all of the right things. So the title of this morning's message is Consider the Source. So as we think about who am I now, consider the source. What's the source of it all? Because we have a Father in heaven that loves us so much, that cherishes us so much. And I said a moment ago, a God who sent his son out of perfection, out of heaven, to come and connect with us. But what I love so much about who God is is that he made a covenant with us. Covenant, an agreement between two parties. But he didn't even ask for the second party to show up, and he gave us the best qualifications, the best deal. Imagine if you were going to buy a house, and you put in an offer for $150,000. That's a great price for that house. I put it in for it. You didn't even show up to the close, and God's like, zero. Signs off on it. There you go. Who wouldn't be excited about that? If you just got a house for free, you didn't have to do anything to earn it. You didn't even have to show up to negotiate it. But in that moment, God made a covenant with us as people. But within a covenant relationship, as we look at God as our father, there's some things that, that we try to do as individuals that can be difficult at times. And I've actually got a few diagrams I'd love to share with you so that we can look at it. Because the first is the idea of religion. So religion, boom, looks awesome, right? But in our relationship with God, and you look at who the Father is, we often think that we have to obey God. We have to do everything that he told us that we have to do. This is just something that if we don't, he's not going to love us, and we're never going to find our identity. And that's why we run around wondering, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? Because we struggle in those tensions of, man, I'm never enough. I got news for you. None of us will ever be enough. We will never be enough. See, but God flipped it the same way Jesus flips everything. He flipped it and said, no, I want to show you a different, a different diagram. Can we pop up the next one? This is about a relationship. This is a relationship with the God of the universe. This is a relationship with the heavenly father that says, you know what? Your identity is found in me. Your identity is in Jesus because of the sacrifice that he's made for you. But when we have our identity and when it's connected to who God says that we are instead of what we think we are, what society will tell us, the lies that the enemy will tell us about not being good enough, when we accept and acknowledge that, then the obedience part is just something that we get to do. And it's an important shift in our mindsets to go from have to to get to. But it's that love. Because the grace God has given us is a gift. 
And as we live in the identity of who God says that we are, then we say, you know what, God, my life is yours. I want to do whatever you're asking me to do. But we've got to know who we are before we know what to do. Otherwise, we'll do it all out of the wrong place. We've got some volunteers here that are part of the Revival Squad. That's our servant leadership team at Soul Revival Church. And they show up every week, 7 a.m., stay till 1. And it's because of this heart and this passion, this desire for people to encounter Jesus. And they're not showing up like, man, I have to do this. They're showing up like, man, we get to do this. We get to be a part of what God is doing. We get to be a part of seeing lives changed and transformed and bringing the hope that only Jesus can bring. But it's so critical, it is so critical that we acknowledge who we are as children of God because you can never do anything to earn it. Because then the outpouring of your heart is that. So it's about connection. And that's why when we talk about consider the source today, we're going to read through John 15, the majority of it here. Because it's so important as we look at who we are to identify what we can do next. Because that's how God works. Or he wants it to work. Because he wants your relationship with him to be a joyful one. Not one that's based on what you have to do, but what you get to do. But connection is key. So John 15 starts this way. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now there's a word, areo, which is translated here, which is cuts off. But it also means to lift up. So there's some arguments around the interpretation of this scripture. But I like the lifts up part of it because the other word is katherio, which is trims clean. So instead of saying, man, you're messing up, you're making mistakes, And now God's going to cut me off. He's saying, no, I'm going to raise you up. Because as long as you're connected to me, your source, I want to help you through it. But I need to lift you up to get some sunlight. Because when God is the father as the gardener, he's tending to the flock, to the plants. He does not want them to die. So he's trying to give them life and trying to help them through it. So that's something that I think is important as we read the scripture and how things are interpreted. Because God is one that wants to help us the best that he can. But while every branch that does bear good fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. Pruning is painful. It doesn't feel good to be pruned when you grow, when you change. But God calls us to greater, and he's going to help us through it. Even in those difficult moments, we have to let go of some things we like to do, the vocabulary we may use. But God said, you know what, I'm refining you because I have a plan for your life. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Two parts that are so big in that word of scripture there. Remain in me. Jesus is saying it's a conscious decision to stay connected to me. It's a conscious decision to be with me and to gain your identity from me. But as I remain in you, for him, he knows that's a conscious decision, but he does it. He is there. He is waiting for you. He is waiting for that connection on the other end. But we've got to make a decision to say, I want that. Jesus, I know you've got something for me, and you're going to help me through it, and you're going to prepare me for this. But he's saying, I am here no matter what. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. This makes me feel excited because it's saying, I don't have control over the fruit that I produce as long as I'm staying connected to the vine because the vine will connect and take care of me. 
But when you're trying to operate outside of it and stay detached from it, that's when we find ourselves with a whole lot of doing, a whole lot of work, a whole lot of trying, trying to excel, trying to succeed, trying to get by. But Jesus is saying, just remain in me. Stay connected to me because I've got you. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this is speaking to our purpose. Because we're all created on purpose and with purpose. That's something we talk about within our growth track. That's actually the week we're talking about this week. This was not planned, but it just worked out well. Shameless plug, come to growth track. But God's created us for a reason. Now, he also loves us so much that any gift, talent, and ability that you own right now and you possess, he gave you freely without an expectation because he gave us free will, that you can use it however you want to use it. But his desire is that you would use it to glorify, celebrate him, to go and make disciples, to see lives changed and impacted through your life. And I promise you, there's no greater joy than when you're living out your purpose for God's purpose. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. So it's not saying you can't be successful, you can't do things from a world standpoint. He's saying from a kingdom standpoint, what I have for you, because you can experience God's kingdom here and now. How many believe that? Yeah. God's saying you can experience my kingdom here and now through the joy that you exude as you're living in my presence and saying connected to the vine. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, this is not a measurement of your fruit but your connection to the source. So it's not saying if you're not good enough, you're going to be tossed away, which is why I like that, that interpretation at the beginning of verse 15, or chapter 15 here. Because it's saying when you disconnect yourself, that's when you fall out of that connection and that purpose for God, and that's when you no longer live in what God's calling you to do. But as long as we're staying connected and we're staying connected to the source that is Jesus, we're in good shape. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See, now this is tricky, too, because we often say, you know, but God, I've been praying every single day. Give me that Lamborghini. (laughs) No, give me that new house, that mansion, that one right on Lake Michigan so I could just chill with my coffee. I don't have a job, but if you could just give me that house, that would be awesome. See, but what Jesus is saying in this moment is, no, the closer you get to God, the more connected you are to God, your desires become his desires. And when your desires become his desires, you're just like, God, I'm an open vessel. I can live in a trailer park. People can call me trailer trash. I do not care because I am a vessel just waiting to be poured out. I am someone just waiting to be used so that I can impact the kingdom of God so that lives can be transformed. I'll drive a hoopty. I'll take the bus. I do not care. The bus will allow me to connect with some people that otherwise I would not have even spoken to because in my Lamborghini, I would have had my tinted windows and never looked anywhere but forward. But it's important because the closer we get to God, the more attached we are to God, the more that our desires become like his desires. So that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's trying to show us what kingdom living can look like. See, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. It's just a freely given gift that we get to remain in the love of Jesus. But it takes effort just like any relationship. Like If I were to tell Melissa, babe, I love you but I never came home and was just never there and never spoke to her at all, she wouldn't feel very loved. But I also would feel 
not attached. Even if she's waiting there, like, hey, calling me, calling me, calling me. If I don't pick up the phone, if I don't text back, if I don't snap back, if I don't Facebook back, if I don't iMessage, if I don't whatever other form of communication. There's lots of forms of communication that we have out there. But if I'm not responding back, how can we build a relationship to grow so that we can have a love that's connected? But we got to consider the source. Who is our source? What are we staying connected to? Because Jesus is like, hey, I'm staying connected to my father. The gardener, I'm with him. And as the vine, I'm just asking you as a branch to stay connected to me because I got you. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the perseverance. I'm going to give you everything you need to get through the next day. But you got to be willing to show up and say, I'll be there. And I want this. It's a desire of our heart. Now it goes on. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, this is the obedience side of it. But when our identity is found in our Father in heaven, the obedience is something we get to do, not something that we have to do. Because God will call us to do things. It's not about just sitting and resting in his salvation. Like That doesn't mean you're not saved, but it's the fullness of the life. It's the potential that he has for us. So you could sit there cozy in your house and be like, yeah, I've accepted Jesus, I'm going to heaven, but it's not about a destination when you die. It's about a journey, an adventure when you're living this life. God's saying, I have so much more for you because I want you to come with me so we can impact lives. And that we get to do it together. So Revival Church, as a church in general, but it's how can we love people well? So the obedience part is not a have to, it's a get to. My, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So that's what he's commanding us, love. What does love look like? Love goes first. Love puts people before ourselves. Love will make you do some crazy stuff. I did some crazy stuff pursuing Melissa, but it worked out and we're married. I'll take that. If anybody knew me then, you'd know that I did not deserve a woman as amazing as her. So I know that I did some crazy things, but God did it. And it was through him that I was able to see my purpose and say, okay, I'm looking for a woman who loves Jesus too. But when you have a connection with God and you're trusting in him, it helps you love people easily. And Jesus is saying, just love people. Love one another as I have loved you. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. See, this is incredible for me because Jesus is saying, you're not my servant. And later on, he actually serves his disciples to show them servant leadership is about loving people and not putting yourself above anyone else. But at that day and time, this was unheard of. If someone was following their rabbi or their teacher, and they were the disciple learning from them, they were never equals. It was clear cut, the teacher's higher than you. Know your place. Or as the kids would say, know your role. You still say that, Xavier? Know your role? I just embarrassed him. <laughs> but not in this moment. Jesus is saying, no, I consider you friends. I'm considering you an equal in this moment, which was unheard of. And now you've got the God of the universe who came in as man, but all God and says, I'm looking at you and I'm going to call you friend. 
I don't care what you've done. I don't care the mistakes that you've made. I don't care how broken you feel. I am calling you friend because I love you, and we're doing this together. Man, Jesus is so good because we don't deserve it, but he gives it to us no matter. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might sow, that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And last week we spoke of the fact that we are chosen people, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into glorious light. That is who we are. That's our identity in Christ. Now, some of you are sitting here right now like, man, I don't know what you're talking about, vine, gardener, all of that. Well, back in that day, it was natural for people to see vineyards everywhere, grapes being made, wine being made. So they knew exactly what he was talking about. So I have an illustration that might connect with you guys a little bit, a little bit more. Anybody know what this is? A, a power cable, right? See, this is our vine. This gets to be our vine today. Let's see. This is our vine in 2020. This is our vine. Now, any, do we have any electricians in here? No? Okay, we're all on the same page. Because when I plug into the wall, I just expect it to work. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know what's going down. But if I plug something into the wall, it better work. So that's the illustration as the father as the gardener. So since none of you are electricians, some of you might be some do-it-yourselfers. But for the sake of this illustration, pretend with me, you don't know what's going on behind that wall. You do not have an idea. And often that's what happens with God. We think the father in heaven is so far off. I don't know what's happening behind that wall. But he sent his son, the vine. Now check this out. It's a little dark back here, but I'm going to find my way. Ah, all right. You can't see me, but you can still hear me. That's like God. That's how he works sometimes, too. So me. All right, so now we got our vine. All right, right to, just like I planned. Look at that. Boom. So when Jesus is our vine and we need to stay connected, let's see what else I got here. To my charger, Right? Oh, man, technology. I love it. Now, hopefully all of this is going to work. Otherwise, it will be for nothing. But if your phone's dead, you're the phone, right? I got my iPhone. Nothing's working. And it's dead. And you're just trying to get through life, but you don't have a phone. And you can't operate. Your operating system has not been updated. And you feel broken and alone. God's saying, if you're the branch, if you're the phone, you have to stay connected to the vine. So now, when I plug this in, Hopefully we get life. That's not going to work. All right. I should have asked for a volunteer, but it would have been less entertaining for everybody. All right, here we go. Now when I plug it in, let's see what happens. Yeah, the Apple. Can anyone see the Apple? If you have an Android, it'll do the same thing, I promise you. You have a flip phone, whatever it might be. Your laptop. See, but in, in our relationship with God, that's what we have to look at it as. This is the vine. This is Jesus saying, you know what? I want to connect you. Now, when that power comes through, because when you're in a relationship with Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, and you get the power of God. You get the power that God's saying, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And when the power came upon him, he can, 
he says that we can be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you've got to stay connected to the vine. And unlike an outlet like this where the illustration goes a little wrong is this goes with you wherever you want to go. I only can go halfway on the stage, but let's just pretend I'm walking everywhere, right? But this you can take with you. Unlimited power. Unlimited. See, but here's our problem. We think we don't need that vine. Because you know what? I'm all good. I have the world. I've got my little power strip. You can take it with you wherever you want to go, right? And you can plug it in, and you can get some power. See, but what stinks about that is if this doesn't have a charge, then what do you do? See, because this, this little guy can only hold a little bit of power. That might be that job that you have or the feeling that you have to find your identity through social media. The car that you drive, maybe you're in here and you're like, I have that Lamborghini. The house that you're in. See, but this power will run out. This power will only last for a little while. And when it gets disconnected, you're going to start panicking because you're running around like, I need a source. I need a source. I need a source. I need a source. Well, guess what? We got a source, and that's Jesus. We got a source that is Jesus. And I'm going to leave it plugged in because I feel like I don't want to disconnect from the source. Even if my phone's got to sit over here on the floor, I do not want it to be disconnected from the source. So why in our lives do we settle for counterfeit? Counterfeit power. We have a power from God that we can do what Jesus did. That's what he said. I must go so that I can send you something greater, the Holy Spirit. And when we live in a relationship with God and we've accepted the fact that Jesus came, died for us, and rose again, we get the Holy Spirit and all the power that it affords us. So at Soul Revival Church, we're going to always tell you, yes, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you're connected with God, you can see miracles. You can see anything take place because we trust that God is a God of abundance. God is a God of miracles. He can do more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And he wants to use you to do it. But you got to stop connecting to counterfeits. It might feel good for a little while. That sin might feel good for a little while. Alcohol. Drugs, porn, any of that might feel good for a little while, but it'll run out. And I say we stay connected to a real source. I say we look at that vine and say, Jesus, I want more of who you are because you're going to power me to walk through my days, to be joyful, to be kind, even when my circumstances look like they suck to everybody else. Like, man, they look at you and go, how are they happy? What in the world? Their life is way worse than mine, and I'm miserable. And what's incredible in those moments when you're living in a motorhome or riding on the bus is when someone says, why are you different? And you can look back at them and say, because Jesus paid it all for me. And I speak from a place of that same brokenness. We're all broken people, and I know I tried all kinds of energy sources and none of them worked. But when I stepped into a relationship with Jesus, it changed everything. That void I had always felt was finally full, and I just felt an embrace warmer than the coziest blanket on this freezing cold day. And I knew that he was with me. 
See, but change doesn't just happen overnight. Your salvation can happen in an instant. But that doesn't mean life's just going to be all of a sudden better. It takes time. So don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. And no, it's a progress. We're all works in progress. But what's one thing that you can just add to your life? One thing that could change the progress that you start to make. Because what God wants to do through you, he understands it could take some time. Just like he prunes those branches. It's like I'm trying to find a power strip so I can plug some more things in. You might already have one. Other people might have to go to the store and pick one up. But God's got a plan through it all. But it all starts with our habits. Because the majority of us, we've all got habits. You wake up in the morning. You hit snooze two or three times. Go to the bathroom. Well, you probably pick up your phone. Then go to the bathroom. Brush your teeth. Get out the door. But now all these habits just took place. And it was just natural within your mind. You didn't even have to think about it. You just did it. But what if you just added one new habit into that rhythm and that routine, that pattern? Maybe today you're like, this is my first time in church ever. Awesome. We're thankful that you're here. This morning was for you. Come back next week. You're like, well, I go to church once a month. Let's do every other. Let's trade off. Can we do that? Or you might start to just come weekly because you have to be here. But here's, here's the thing. Relationship with God is not just about Sundays. That's Monday through Saturday, too, because he wants to be with you in your work week. He wants to be with you in those difficult relationships that you're in as you're struggling and in pain. God is with you no matter what. But if you stay connected to the source, he'll come with you every day of the week. So maybe that looks like just when you open up that phone, put the Bible app on there on the first page, and that's what you click first. Read the verse of the day, one verse. Like, okay, I read that. Next day, read it. Over time, it'll start to just penetrate your heart, start to impact the way you live. Because God's word, man, that's what you want to be connected to. Just because it was written, well, 2,000 years ago regarding Jesus, but thousands and thousands of years ago going back. But God still speaks through it right now. He speaks to our situations and our circumstances. You might start reading the Bible and be like, oh, that vine reminds me of a power cord. Because it's reading God's word and things will, like God will work in your heart and say, this is what I'm trying to say to you in this moment. But just spend some time in God's word. Maybe pray, talk to God. It's about a conversation. There's nothing tricky about it. You can say, God, I need you today. Can you help me out? There's a character in the Bible that really shows this well. Daniel. Everyone knows about him being put in the lion's den and God protected him. But the reason why he got thrown into the lion's den is because there was a king who was in power, King Darius, and he actually liked Daniel. But the problem was the people around him didn't because he was given this power and authority because God put him in this position. This was the third king that he still found favor in and was put into powers of, uh, positions of power. And they're like, put together this decree. Go out and say that if anyone worships any other god but you, that they have to be killed. So he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And he does it, but wasn't thinking about Daniel in the moment. Daniel hears about this, and the first thing he does is goes back to his house with his window open, faces Jerusalem, and prays. Prays the same way he has three times a day, and that's what he had always done. 
When you start to change your habits, you just do things no matter what. No matter what the consequence might look like, you're like, nope, but I know this is what God's called me to do. I know, so this is what I'm going to do. What's that one small thing that you can start to put into your life to create a habit so it's just something you do out of instinct? You don't even have to think about it, but over time, God's going to grow you. He's going to grow you, and he's going to build you, and he's going to show you all that he has for you. Because God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He does not want you to do life alone. He wants you to know that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are cared about. And for some of you today, today's your day to say, you know what? The habit I'm starting is saying yes to Jesus. You may be in here and you've never made that decision before. You've never said, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I believe that he died for me, that he rose again, and that I can have a relationship with him. In this moment, we want to give you that opportunity if that's you. No more waiting, no more holding back. That's okay. Don't worry about what tomorrow is. The people in your life that you might have to face, like, how do I even explain it? Don't even worry about it because God has got you as long as you stay connected to the source. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up because God has a plan and a purpose for your life specifically where he wants to use you. And for those of you that have already made that decision to live in relationship with Jesus, just know he's got you, but he's even got more for you. And that's what's incredible about making progress because you can stand in a moment and you can say, you know what, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not where I started. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. So you might have started right here. Well, you're looking back into the darkness, but at least I'm not there. I'm standing in the light. I'm standing in who Jesus called me to be. And today I prayed a little bit. And I added that in every single day. And I was like, God, please help me. I don't know what to pray about. And now I can't shut up. I read one verse. I was like, what does that mean? So I read the next one. Then I read that whole book of the Bible. And I was like, oh, man, this is incredible. This seems like a story that only legends are made of. And it's true. One legend, his name is Jesus. But it's something that God wants to pull you in to be a part of, to say, you know what, this is not a burden. This is not a have to. This is something that we get to do because he's changing and transforming our lives along the way. But it just takes, what's that one habit? What's that one discipline? Goals are awesome, but if you don't have a plan and a system to attain that goal, it'll never happen. Goals are really awesome dreams. But a goal means you put a plan to that dream. And then you have to start to walk it out. So those God-sized dreams that you have, those goals that you've put on your dream board, got to have a process and a system to get there. So start picking just that one thing. Just take one small step today. One giant leap for man. Sorry, I had to go there. But you'll start leaping before you even know it. Because God has a plan and a purpose through it all. Now in this place, I'm going to ask if everybody could bow their head and close their eyes. Because as I spoke about a moment ago, we want to give you the opportunity today to accept a relationship with Jesus if you've never done that before. And I'm going to count to three in a moment. When I get to three, if you could just shoot your hand in the air. Because this is a moment where you make a decision that's going to forever change the trajectory of your life. But you're filled 
with a God who loves you, the Holy Spirit that will guide you, and a family around you here at Soul Revival that wants to walk it out with you. So if that's you, one, you will never be the same. Two, Jesus loves you, and he died for you. Three, if that's you, could you shoot your hand in the air? If that's you, raise your hand high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, heaven celebrates in this moment. And we celebrate it with you. You can go ahead and put your hands down. But I want to lead you in a prayer right now. You can just stay silent in that moment. But as we pray and thank God for what he's doing. God, we thank you so much that you are here. We thank you for the lives that were just changed and impacted. And Lord, we pray that you'll give them strength and courage to walk out their faith in a way that's so incredible. But more than that, the fact that they've acknowledged that you came, died, and rose again for them, that they would feel a joy that surpasses all understanding. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate as heaven does right now? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.